episode 28, Vision and Mission. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And Darren, I, I think from our uh, conversations that we have kind of weekly, you and I, we, we've both gotten uh, one shot in the arm now, which is kind of nice to report. That is really good to report. Yes. Uh, it's. I'm just waiting for the second shot and hoping, hoping things come back to normal, but uh, a bit apprehensive about things going back to normal because of variants and whatnot. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. feels good to have some protection uh, that I likely won't die from COVID now. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much once you're fully vaccinated, that's proven to be like 100%, right? Yeah. Like yeah. your your protection, depending upon what you're getting, 50% to 90%, you know, mid 90%, depending upon uh, which shot, what application types. But mm-hmm. the fact knowing, um, you know, that it, it won't take you out is definitely reassuring. And <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And yeah, I can, you know, I've, I've, I've fully accepted like the way things were 16 months ago might never be the case, but I just, I I've come to like, okay, here's how to hedge your bets into, you know, be smart, get vaccinated, all those other things. And yeah, I'm excited to uh, just dip my toe a little bit more into the, the social world. Um, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to get on a plane in June. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. That'll feel awkward. Um, Amazing. Wow. Yeah. I just, both, uh, both my co-founder and I will be fully vaccinated. So it's like, we're long overdue to have a two, three day jam session in person, melt some whiteboards and, uh, <laughs> do, do something more than Slack, Google meet zoom, everything else we've done. I like that. It's a it's a SaaS a jam session rather than melting faces with guitars. You're gonna <laughs> gonna melt I don't know brains with whiteboards. Oh uh, yeah, we're just gonna be so high off of Expo markers. It's gonna be wonderful. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, other than that, what's what's new with you? What is new? Well, let's see. Um, in the world of WhiteSpark, we uh, we did launch our new account system. I think I talked about that on the last podcast that we were uh, about to launch that. So we launched it, and uh, it was generally a pretty great launch. Nice and smooth. Team did a great job on that. We have, uh, you know, obviously lots of kinks to work out post-launch, as, as there would be with a whole new billing and account system. Uh, with that, we launched our new services packages, which have been very successful. So businesses thriving on the listing service side of things. So that's great. Busy planning the next White Spark Local Search Summit for 2021. That's, that's coming up right away. Uh, we're going to be having that near the end of September. So we got to get you know our speakers lined up, every everything pre-recorded, get our sponsors in place. So we're working on all that. I've been really busy with uh, 
these White Spark weekly videos. I put in a good five to 10 hours every week uh, making these videos and then getting them published. And it's going really well. I think that they're driving business for sure. We definitely feel the uptick and we're growing our YouTube channel, right? So we're at yeah. like 1,200 subscribers on YouTube or something. So that's been good. That is just, that is such a massive undertaking. I I, I would feel, <laughs> I would feel that it, that is so daunting and you do such a great, I mean, when you tackle these topics, it's not just a like, hey, here's a few things in this direction. Like you are pretty exhaustive in like what you're putting together on these and like great long form content, blog posts, the videos. I see it all on my social channels. Like that, these, yeah. these things are legit and like take a whole day out of your week too. Yeah. So they might take me five to 10 hours to, to build and to actually like, you know, prepare the deck, prepare my notes, figure out what I want to do, all the research, record the video. Then I don't know how much time my video editing team spends on it. Then I got Jesse working on like getting it all up on the blog and doing all the promotional stuff. This is just a ton of work, but yeah. uh, I believe in the rewards, particularly believe in the long-term rewards. If you can stay with it consistently, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year, you you end up hitting this point of, uh, it's like the TSN turning point where all of a sudden now we have like 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and the thing is just a snowball that that continues to, to drive value. So I'm just going to keep at it a good two years in, like if two years we still don't have more than 1200 subscribers, I'm mean, I'll totally give up. But I believe in the, in the power of this particularly long-term. We talked outside of our podcast recordings on this. And I, I think, and it's something you agreed and you're going to implement, like finding more calls to actions within this yeah. content, because it, it is so great. It's attracting eyeballs and it's taking it that last mile and giving people a clear next step on how to like get a little bit deeper, start using one of your tools, uh, investigate one of your services, but re really working as not just a you know traffic tool, but a, a conversion tool as well. Have already started implementing that. Yep. So that's Love already we're, we're going through our content and finding good good spots to drop like you know little subtle banners. It's not like in your face blinking, but it's like. If you're looking for help on this particular aspect, hey, we have this software, we have this service, whatever it is. And so we're definitely integrating that into the content. And again, like speaking about long-term value, right? That content will continue to drive views and and uh, people checking it out. And so that's, that's a, you know, getting our products in front of more people all the time. Yeah, I feel that's especially important with the amount of time you and even the team is sinking into this for you to have clear metrics that, you know, even go past traffic acquisition, right? I, I think you Absolutely. need to see, you know, you, you, you can definitely tell, right? You, you feel there's a relation between putting these out um, and seeing just kind of spikes in signups and, and things like that. But mm -hmm. you, you definitely want to get probably, you know, pretty confident in the data that's there when you're going to peel a quarter of your week off onto one thing, right? For sure. And we have uh, the GT, all the little ad placements we'll put within the content, we'll have GTM tags and nice. um, they will uh, 
track conversions in Google Analytics. So analytics will be able to see if you can go to the campaign and see actually how much money they generated. So we're getting all that technology connected, making sure that we're tracking it well and pulling it into a dashboard. That is another thing that we're working on actually. With the launch of new accounts, we had everything, all of our subscriptions in PayFlow, which is a PayPal product. And we've since yep. launched on Stripe, which uh, offers a ton of benefits to us. And actually, I didn't realize this, but you can send an email to PayPal and say, hey, we've moved to Stripe. Can you please uh, send us a dump of all your all our subscription data? And then you can Stripe will import it. We're going to get everybody off of our legacy payment provider and put them on Stripe, which is phenomenal. So that gives us, like within the next week, we're going to have everybody on Stripe, which means I can set up bare metrics and have excellent reporting. Can't wait. That's awesome. Those are, that's, that's a big win. And yeah, not having to like cycle through users and have them re-add credit card information over yes. time, everything else. Like that's, that's huge. It's super huge because that was actually our, our game plan was like every time someone logs into the account, be like, oh, we've got a new billing. Can you please re-enter your credit card data? That was what we were planning to do, but this is way better. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been scary. Yeah. What's new? Uh, what's new with you? How are things going at Leapferno? They're going well. Um, the general consensus is good, good momentum, especially like April has just felt like it's gone really well. Yeah, a lot more. I'm spending a lot more of my days on demos and sales type opportunities, uh, lining up pilot customers. And what's what's been really nice, especially our last couple of like pushes and with the amount of features releasing in those pushes, you know, my my early demos were, you know, here's here's what's there right now if you were to test this. But here's 75 yep. percent of the things that will be coming. Sure. And and now we've kind of hit the point where like 75% of it is there and it's just kind of 25%. And the the 25% are are kind of bigger things, not necessarily features per se as like infrastructure items like how our profiles work which segments like locations or departments where sales team would have one shared inbox and the the right. service department would have a shared inbox our internal admin tools uh, for managing accounts and customers and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, we're using Stripe um, as well. So just starting to get some of the billing stuff tied in. And those, those are like the really big pieces. We probably only have like two or three features left to build for wanting to launch in June. Great. Yeah, but we have those big pieces. So I go back and forth. Some days I'm like, man, I feel like 90% confident we're going to nail this and be out there in June. And then, you know, the next day, the standup feels a little wishy-washy and there's a few new blockers. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm about 50% we're going to make it to launch in June. Sure. I'm always overly confident. So uh, <laughs> to my own detriment, I'm always like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to totally launch next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably more, I don't know if I'm pessimistic but I definitely fall into reality, right? In like yeah. doing just so many releases and doing small features and big features and just so many different things. I feel like there's some key indicators that you kind of see where you can truly have comfort and confidence that you're going to deliver. Um, and until I see those, then I'm usually like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going all in on this or being too aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, because of those things. And 
Then sometimes on the opposite side, I've definitely had times where I say to our team, like, hey, no matter what, like we have to hit this date. Here's it's not just your part. Here's all the other things lined up and why and why we can't move those. And so we're going to have to do everything that we can to hit that. But it's always it's always a dance. That's for sure. Yeah, we're just dancing around. Yeah. (laughs) The, The one challenging thing right now is we're basically losing our best Flutter developer. Uh, our, our like, yeah, front end SDK. So, and we knew it was never a permanent, he's part-time with us. Um, and we sought him out because we, we needed some leadership on that side. We had a couple of developers, uh, but we just weren't strong enough for the uniqueness and the newness of Flutter. Mm -hmm. And so I basically stalked Twitter community on the, you know, developers, talking about Flutter, you know, loving Flutter, being part of conversations with other developers and and found him and he had time to take on our project. He was looking for his next uh, gig and was willing to take us on part-time for what we could fit. And, you know, it's it's bittersweet. One, I'm super grateful. He made a huge impact in the two months he was with us. And that was awesome. Opened our eyes to some things. And so I'm super, super grateful Selfishly, I would have loved to have him up till launch or even mm-hmm. right after launch. Uh, we kind of have some fast follow things that are important. But right, right. yeah, he he landed a really great full-time gig with a, a huge um, company uh, out on the on the West Coast. And like it's one of those things for him. Like we would never be able to like pay him what he's getting, some options, great company, everything else. So like happy for him, super thankful for everything he did. But now it's like, okay, so now we got to like fill this hole. So we're, um, we're actually, it's the first time I've ever used it. We're using TopTal. And uh, so, so far, so good. Their process is really easy. Um, I think we're finding that, you know, the same challenge that we've had in building our team. Again, there's not droves of Flutter developers out there. So, so, so far we've talked to one candidate and, and that was okay. Um, you know, the other hard part is I feel like we're going to compare them to Luke who we're losing, who I just feel was really unique and really great in a bunch of ways that we're just, we're not going to get a one-to-one replacement, um, for him. Uh, but hopefully we get a couple more candidates sourced so that we can find someone to plug in and, and keep our momentum going. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I'm really curious to hear how things work out with TopTal. I've looked at them a number of times. I'm trying to source developers. I've looked at other ones like Lemon.io is one that I've checked out before. They look interesting. There's a number of TopTal competitors out there now. But yeah, I'd love to hear how that experience goes. We'll have to have a, yeah. have a podcast episode on that one of these days. There you go. I'll keep you updated. Yeah. So with that to kind of transfer over to our our main topic today, Darren, you had brought up in a text conversation that we were having that you wanted to talk about vision, mission, core values, just how, how do you like create or edit or surmise those things from within the company? What, what tell, tell me a little bit. Why, why did you bring that up? What's the, yeah, for sure. So Man, Weisspark has been in operation since 2005. So what does that mean? 16 years. And I've never defined this. And so I'm really starting to think about, you know, my role as leader in this company and how 
it's like, you know, we, we all have a very good general sense about what our why is, what, you know, how we do it, what we do, but it just ne- hasn't been formally defined. And I feel like that's a, it's a big gap in the company and there's a lot of value to having the, the vision mission statement. And so it's, it's definitely time for me to define those long overdue and so I, i've been exploring it and i thought it would be a great topic for the podcast since this is something you've been through a couple times and it's something i'm learning i'll uh i'll ask you questions you and you can uh, provide your wisdom well i don't know if it's wisdom it's definitely experience and and i would say passion like i i yeah. love this part of it right it's translating what you know the the core of what the business is about and where you're trying to get to and you know somewhat of like how you're going to get there and doing in this way that's like both internally and externally translatable where yeah. your team can rally around it someone from the outside can rally around it it can help guide your you know decisions and it makes it really easy when you're even you know I found with gather up like I would use it as I like paired against what features that we were going to create and why we would prioritize one over the other is because it's like, this falls in line with our vision. This is exactly what we want to be about. Yeah. I think it's really important. In fact, if I think back on the last 15 years of white spark, the lack of that very clear vision and mission, uh, perhaps, you know, let us astray because, you know, I would make decisions like, oh, this is a really cool tool idea. And we would build this thing. But if I had been making decisions based off of our vision, I would have recognized this, this is a cool thing, but it doesn't necessarily align with what we're trying to accomplish. And so I wouldn't have done it. And that would have been big time savings in terms of development, resources, my time, marketing time, all of that stuff that we've invested on multiple side projects over the year. Um, the vision can really help kind of focus you in on what's actually important to your company. And that's the big gap I'm recognizing and need, need to fix. I think that's that's a great take and not as long of a time frame, but we definitely had that at, at Gather Up was the same kind of there isn't anything existing. We're doing this work. We're making these decisions. We're we're loosely talking about our direction and what we're trying to do and giving explanations to how we decide and, and what our take is on it. But it was really just kind of messy, right? And there wasn't anything that everybody could anchor into when you would listen to other people, right? I always found it interesting, say we're at a conference Um, And there's three or four of us at the conference. And if somebody comes up and just does the normal, like, so tell me what Gather Up does. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and at the time we were, right, this is Get Five Stars. We hadn't rebranded yet. And uh, I'll I'll talk how we kind of use that. But I would listen and it was always a different answer, right? And so like when you hear that and you'd hear how like short one would be, how loose another would be, the different things mentioned, you just saw like, okay, that inconsistency isn't doing us any favors. And you can also see the person sometimes, and even myself would be guilty of it. You're just sometimes fumbling through because you don't have the words right then and there, or you're trying to like piece it together in a new way. You're trying to find it yourself on the fly while you're in this discussion. So I took it on that when we decided we were going to rebrand, get five stars to gather up. 
that I wanted to institute these things. I wanted to create a vision. I wanted to create a mission statement and I wanted to create core values uh, for, for the company. And it really was like, that was the funnest and most exciting part of the rebrand to me, even more so than like the visual of the logo and whatever else. Like I just loved working on defining like what our DNA was and how we operated within that DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So valuable to have that. And so I'm really, yeah. And I know that when gather up rebranded, it, it really did feel like for me as a get five stars customer, it really felt big. It was like a big next step. Get five stars was great, but gather up was like, this is a brand. This is for real. This is a legit big brand. This is what we stand for. This is what we do. And it just, it just really elevated the company to a whole nother level. So you did yeah. a great job on that. Thanks. It felt, it felt grown up. And I think it, it made our, yeah, it made our team feel grown up too. Right. I, yeah. I can easily point to a few things that really like gave the team confidence in where we were at or what we had grown to. Um, and that, that was one of them. Another one, you know, um, uh, when we, uh, made it into the Inc. 5000. That was another yeah. one where, okay, telling someone we're, you know, we're a fast, one of the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the US, like that's the kind of thing that you could tell like your mom or your uncle or your brother. And they'd be like, oh, that's impressive. I get that. Right. And there's so many times in our world where like, yeah, people have no idea, right? I, uh, I could go to someone in town and be like, hey, here's my software and do you want to use it? And they just think, I made it in my basement on my computer and I'm about to hand them a, like a floppy disk or a CD-ROM to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's, there's nothing tangible with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's shareware. I got a shareware version of, yeah. of, of get five stars here. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, it was just really interesting and fun. And the, the way I see this, especially like the vision statement, I really do feel that's on the CEO, the leader, the the founder, who whoever has that visionary role, um, this is one that I see, you know, should be that person's vision. If if you have co-founders or whatever else, definitely having those discussions. But I usually find there's someone in the group that should take the lead that that is more of the visionary or or has that. And that was kind of, you know, we, we operated on kind of there's, you know, four main partners and we had our different roles and everything else. But I knew I was best equipped to handle that and create that. And, you know, when we created it for Gather Up, uh, it, it was, you know, thinking through a bunch of things like one, I just started and like just started to research, all, you know, anything I could find on other companies. Right. And right. reading about you know, all these how to's and, and everything else. And I wasn't looking for one to like, here's the 12 step process to having a vision statement. I just wanted to, I, I like to consume a lot and then weed out what I think is really important or what matters to me. So I took all that on. And then in reading that, right, I was really just trying to get a feel for what is it about theirs that makes you feel something and makes them unique and helps position them. And so that's when you read through and you get these great ideas from the Nikes and the Zappos and the Amazons of the world and everything else. But you really have to focus on like what what makes us us. Right. And be super comfortable and be okay with that. And 
in the case of Gather Up, it was already behind even our name change, right? We changed from Get Five Stars to Gather Up because we didn't want to just be viewed as like this review tool. Right. We wanted to be about something bigger. We wanted to be about customer experience because that's how we all really viewed what we were doing is listening to your customers, getting feedback, getting feedback in measurable ways, getting feedback in structured ways like reviews, like reviews is part of it. But our original name just really made it feel like it was all about reviews. And right. the the last thing we wanted to be was like, oh yeah, that's a review factory. You put this in one side and a review shoots out the other side. Like that's not what we were looking to be. So when we created the, the vision statement, Having that in mind and knowing that was our direction, you know, that's we arrived at the vision statement of make customer experience the backbone of your business. Yeah. And we really looked at that elevates that like customer experience is our guide. That's what we're working towards. And we view it in a way that it is the most important thing, right? A human cannot stand up without their spine. It is, you know, the most uh, key item to the, the structure of your body functioning. And we looked at it a business the same way. Like if you don't have great customer experience, you will topple over uh, on yourself. You won't, you won't be able to grow and get to where you need to go to. So that, that was one of those that like was fun to create that. But, you know, we could already see it was just really taking apart the conversations and the way we were already loosely positioning ourselves to, to build that. And then working down from there, then into a mission statement, you know, I had in front of a presentation, it was basically a pitch to a client one time, um, had broken down for him, like our, our tools here to do this. It's here to gather, manage and market your customer experience. And that kind of gave us the pieces that we then worked into our mission statement and saying, like, how are we going to execute on this vision um, and allowed us to, to build that out. And then really the, the part I love the most was building out our core values. Um, and, you know, people differ on, on core values. For some, it's just a, a gimmick or a marketing ploy or uh, a way to label some of the elements of culture. But I, I really care about them and think they serve just, a, again, a really great purpose to personal decisions and management decisions and, and things like that. And that one's the opposite. That's one where I went and I asked everyone on our team, like, Give me four to five terms that you feel are important about our company and how we operate and how you want to be viewed and the standards you hold yourself to and, and things like that. And so compiled that list and started working and then pulled out, you know, five or, or six of those um, that felt really good that represented us. And then I hired a copywriter and we just basically like versioned back and forth, honing these and finding out how to talk to them so that. Each core value was like this short statement, but then we built like a, a two sentence definition on right. how it applies to our business or how you see this in, in action. What, is the, what does that look like when we what say- What does it mean to you as a customer? Yes, exactly. And, and what does it mean to us internally too, right? So that, that was like a, a super fun process. And that was like when we rebranded the site, like that's the page I just loved is our right. about page having- vision, mission, and those core values. And then just seeing the pride in our team where they were like, yeah, that's, 
that that is us. And I felt like that one was really easy because all I had to do is just really plug into everything that was already going on there and and define it and shorten it and dropping it down and making it concise and and everything else. And that's probably the, you know, that's the position you're in where it's like there's a ton of things already there. You just need to figure out how to like weed through it and find what really connects and what what's most important that you want to anchor to. Yeah, it does kind of make me wonder when I listen to, you know, the journey that you went through for the gather up statements, whether my approach might be smartest to start with the core values. So if I start with the core values and I put that out to the team, collect the feedback, start to define and build those out, whether or not those directly inform the vision statement, the ultimate vision statement that that we go with as a company. I don't know if that's the best approach. I'm also interested to hear, well, here, let me, let me get, hear your response to that approach potential approach. What do you think about taking that route? Yeah. I get I don't know if I could comment on if there's a chicken or an egg with it. Sure. Um and which and which comes first? I, myself in like I tend towards like defining vision because it's so directional, right? Like that's the pull and where you want to go. That one to me is the more important one to like get that direction stated. And then mm-hmm. the core values are like what's What's going to like, what are we holding ourselves to and how will we operate to move in that direction? So for, for me personally, I feel like the direction is more important in defining first. Sure. All right. But I don't, I also, I don't think you could go wrong if you did it the other way. Right. You probably end up at the same place actually. Cause yeah. Um, and then I was wondering, so we've got three sections. You've got vision, mission, and core values. What's the difference between the vision statement and the mission statement? Yeah. I mean, the, your, your vision statement is your why, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're putting out there and you're basically stating here's, here's the big thing that we want to accomplish. So for gather up, it was making customer experience, the backbone of every business. And then the mission is to like help every business gather, manage, and market their customer experience to improve their business. We believe listening is a business superpower, so we're going to transform conversations into data that drives improvements, bolsters reputation, fuels growth. Mm-hmm. So that's more of the like here. Here's how we're going to do our why. And right. for for Leadferno, the the vision is that we want to uh, make connections make delightful connections at speed and then how how we're going to do that is we're going to power business messaging to create conversations close leads uh close more leads faster um and getting into some of the tactical pieces right and yeah to me like that's a big thing i pulled out of like immersing myself in vision statements is like it becomes a void of like what your features are or how you're going to do it, any of those things. It's like, we just want to arrive at accomplishing this. This is what's driving mm-hmm. us, right? So, because right. for Leadferno, right now, business messaging is an incredible way to create delightful connections at speed. But what, will that be the same in five or 10 years? Will we solve that problem? Will we move in that direction using the same tactical things of SMS and Facebook Messenger? 
and things like that. Yeah, your your how may change, but your why is pretty pretty set in stone. This is why we're doing it. This is what we want to kind of put out into the world. This is what we want to give to the world. I think there's there's great value in in defining that. This is this is what we want people to get out of what we're creating here. Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, great. See, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this all written up for White Spark and uh, and figure that out. My my wheels are already turning with ideas. Yeah, it's a it's a super fun exercise, mm-hmm. and the you know the the cool thing is right. It like what what I found really helpful is when we would talk about how uh, especially at, at Gather Up where right you have thousands of customers, you have all these things you're doing you're able to go back when you're trying to prioritize features and you're using these, you know, different elements to help prioritize. How many times is it requested? Size of customers requesting it? What's a, you know, revenue opportunity by doing it? So you have all these other things that, you know, can fluctuate. They they might be data points. It just might be, you know, the market might be a gap you have from another product. But at the end of the day, when you can really couple it and say like, does this support our vision, right? Does this tie into how we see this and where we want it to go? Mm -hmm. That's what you want because then you end up that you're, you're building a tool and every time you're introducing something, it's right in line with the direction you're going. So it's supporting it and it's just making even clearer why that is your vision and Mm -hmm. how passionate you, you are about it. So as we moved along, there was just so many things where it's like, okay, yes, this exactly folds right into this and completely aligns with our vision. Why we're going to do this over this other choice because it it has better alignment with where we want to end up with what we're driving to. And that's exactly that that line of thinking is what brought me to this because you know we've launched our new platform, we know what we're building next. Um, but then what's after that and what's after that? So I started planning out my roadmap, right? So this, these, this is the way we've got, we've got a, a hundred ideas floating around. And so I now need to take those and put them into a phased launch plan. Like this is our, our Q3 launch, our Q4 launch plan. These are the things that we're going to build. But as I started doing that, it really led back to this, like, how do you prioritize those things? And that leads you to your vision statement and your mission and all of this. this, It's so important. So it's funny to imagine how long we've been developing stuff without that guiding principle. And so building that guiding principle will really help me uh, do that prioritization work on our roadmap. And so I kind of got stalled out on the roadmap and I'm like, dang, I better build this vision statement first. Yeah. And I think this is such a great time for you because what you want to do with the product Next, with taking it from you know a handful of tools that operate independently into a cohesive platform, like that's that's a great time, right? You're you're somewhat in a pretty big directional change, so you really should define that direction in words as well as what the product is going to be. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's that's why I'm talking about it right now. I'm writing up Google Docs and and brainstorming uh, exactly what this is going to be. I think it's, it's a super valuable exercise. And I, I'm yeah. just curious, like I look at it and I think, all right, I can probably get a pretty good crack at it in an hour of just hammering at a Google Doc and doing a little bit of research. And then over time, 
like over the next week. I feel like I should have a vision statement ready to go within like a week. You know, I should, it should be there. Do you, what do you think the timeline is to develop a good vision statement? Yeah, I, I would say I would be more interested in getting it to where like you really feel great about it than a time yeah. frame. So like for me, oh, both times, there were probably two to three month processes just from research, putting it down, whittling it down, right? So much is like yeah. remove, 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 get more focused, um, things like that. And then that's when I got to the point where then I hired uh, a copywriter and just said, hey, I basically want to do, I want to volley versions back and forth. Here's everything I have and where we're at right now. What mm -hmm. stands out to you? write a little bit about that. And it's just like, you know, back and forth. I, I, I can say each time it was somewhere between like six to eight iterations back and forth. Wow. And yeah. And sometimes it was like, we'd just be whittling on like one sentence in one way and we'd be doing it in email back and forth and be like, yes, that's it. Nailed it. Boom. Yes. Move on to the next sure. one. Yeah. This is how Jesse and I write titles for our blog posts and, and head, headlines and whatnot. Yeah. It's just like, you know, here are here are seven variations. Let's just keep riffing on them until we, we come up with the one we like the best. Absolutely. Completely yeah. correct on that. And and I really valued too the I, I wanted someone completely outside to bounce this off of and someone who like is a bit of a wordsmith and a little more polished and craftier. Um, so th those were also the benefits for me is like they were going to introduce some style and some other things to it that yeah. I know I couldn't bring. Like I, I get the representation and the passion and what it's about, but I wanted them to be able to tell these, you know, great little simple stories around it that I might not arrive at or come to. Yeah. A good copywriter can really take what you've written and then think about it from that outside perspective and make it resonate with a broader audience. I think it's super, yep. super good value in hiring a copywriter for this. And I'll definitely do the same. I think it's great yep. advice. Yep. And so like with, you know, core values, like th three of my, I think, what did we have at gather up? If I pull up real quick four, five, we had six at gather up and a, a couple of ones that I, I love the most. And I also got to see with core values, this is something that your employees can apply to their decision-making and mm -hmm. what they put their, themselves behind, right? So like yeah. our number one core value was customer's rule. And the, the definition of that was never underestimate the importance of the customer. They are your business. Mm -hmm. What customers share, say, and think is the pulse of any business. It's that simple. So you can see both the, the, the external and how this reads to someone looking to work with you and yep. buy your product, but internally, it gave our entire team the knowledge like, hey, making things right for the, the, the customer, taking care of them, like they are everything. We're going to respect. We're going to be responsive to them. And you need to make decisions based on that. So at the end of the day, you're able to say like, well, the customer rules. That's why I made this decision. And this is what we did. Right. Um, right. And yeah, it's definitely a two-way street. Your product is all about customer experience. So the person reading that is like, oh this is speaking to what I'm trying to accomplish. But then internally, your team is also operating by the same principle. Yep. Then the, the second one was service sets us apart. We're obsessed with serving our customers. Every time we hear your customer service is the best I've ever experienced, we know that we've done our job. 
And this, this became something that I really treasured in a number of different ways because we actually had this repeated back to us by clients. So a couple of our clients, one basically said, well, we actually call it the gather up standard now when we bring on a new vendor. And are they going to be as organized, as easy to work with, as responsive, all of these things? And that's how we evaluate them. And until right. we worked with you guys, we didn't have a bar set. So it was really awesome to understand, like we made such an impact with how we interacted with them that we created a new, uh, new tool of measurement, right? Like we were the tool of measurement. Can they be as good as these guys? That's the kind of partners and vendors that we want to work with. Sure. Um, so right. yeah, that, that was really cool. And multiple times I, I heard from other clients uh, that are like larger, that work with tons of vendors where they're just like, we wish every vendor was like working with you guys. Like you are the easiest and the best to work with. We look forward to the meetings. We never want to skip them. Right. You know, and, and so that's the kind of thing, like when you see that and then, you know, when someone would share, oh, here's what they just said in the, this email, like we would just comment. We're like, that's right. Service sets us apart. Right. And just realizing, especially as a smaller bootstrapped company, like we needed that personal touch. We, we needed to do those things right, not automate every last thing, not drop the ball, not be loose about it, but try to set a whole new category with it. It's so important. And that's why people would switch to you, right? So they're, they're not getting a great service uh, from uh, another vendor or as they evaluate the vendors, they don't get the feel that they're going to get the same kind of service and stepping it up. It's just so important. And so that's a whole another episode. I think we, we've already talked about customer service before, but uh, we yeah. can definitely get it again. Yeah. No, it by far and away can be like your, your, your ace up the sleeve for sure. And I'm yeah. a, I'm a huge believer in that. I'm just, I'm just wired that way. Like I want to do everything possible I can to help that customer. I, I'll do it to help a partner. I'll do it to help a friend. Like it's just in me. Like I just, I want to squeeze the most out of every opportunity. Right. That's a good way to be. Yeah. Uh, Leaf Burnout is going to be so successful. Thanks to your, your helping nature. Well, I hope so. And some of it too, is just finding a bunch of people that also, you know, feel and care that that same way, right? That selection. And, and that's why yeah. like, right, you have these core values and it's so easy when you go to hire because then you can measure people against those, right? Like right. Read, read our core values. Is this something that excites you? Are you passionate about these things? Because if not, this might not be the place for you. Because anyone ever said no in an interview? They're like, no, no, I think those values kind of suck. They don't resonate with me at all. <laughs> so I've never, I, I've never asked anyone to go and read them. Right. But the ones that mention it, bring it up, like that shows me like, you know, Absolutely. one simply put, we're doing the research and whatever else. But when they bring up be like, Hey, here's a couple of things I read on the website that I really identified with or yep. got me excited or said, this is a place for me. Like those are, those are some great tells and definitely factor in. Definitely. Definitely. So many, so many benefits aligns your team, aligns your customers, aligns your hires, just so many benefits to having this stuff done. Yeah. And it's actually surprising how many companies don't have it. And it's even more surprising that Whitespark still doesn't have it. So working <laughs> on it. Well, you're there. Hey, you know that it's time to put that flag in the ground. And yeah, definitely. And you'll get there. And then, you know, on the on the opposite side, completely different experience to do this with Leadferno and 
not be surmising something that you're watching happening, right? And it's right. more a little bit with Leadferno is more building it to be aspirational, where I can draw on all my past experiences and and other companies and like what we want this to embody, but I didn't have hey, here's years of how I've seen this happen. And all I'm doing is putting a good title on it or, and, and writing a good summary for it. So that, that one's a little bit different. And I think it's good to like revisit these things from time to time. It doesn't say, hey, this is going to be this forever. If it is, that's great. But mm-hmm. you know, as we grow the, the, the different core values we have, like there might be an addition. There might be something else that gets swapped out. Like You just don't know. Yeah, totally. But I think it's definitely the right approach to like, when you start your brand new company, Leadferno, you start it with the vision and the mission and the core values. It's really great that they've, you've, you've started the company already with a guiding principle. It's so valuable right out of the gates. Yeah. Well, I've already been a part of seeing all the wins you get out of it. So that's just one of those, you know, Darren, someday when you, uh, sell white spark and then you go to start the next thing you just have this list of all these things that like okay doing all of these things in half the time i did them before or doing them right from the start like that's just where you get to learn from those things and you get a chance on a blank slate to do it all over again so yeah i I saw how big a wins these were and i'm like there's no reason not to do these from the start they're going to benefit us over and over again and even even if they morph or change like the 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 foundational elements are there, even if the details change. Yep, totally. It'd be interesting to see if they do change. One, one would expect that they would as your company evolves. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, your culture can evolve. Your, your people change. The environment changes. I mean, so many different things. You definitely can't look at it and say like, oh, it'll be this forever. This is set, set in stone. And yeah, you just got to re- read and react to what, what matters to the people in your company and the direction you're going. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think, I think we burned that topic to the ground. I hope. I think so. Yeah. I think we talked about all the elements of it. Uh, definitely uh, build the podcast with it. Yeah. I, that went super fast. Like I said, I'm just, I'm so passionate about this and I, I just like, I love, I love doing this stuff. Like it, it almost like um, getting it done for Leadferno felt really awesome. But then I was also kind of sad because I wasn't doing it anymore. You know, like <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. When you're a kid, you get this awesome 1000 piece Lego kit and you're so excited to like get to the end and whatever else. And then you build it and it's beautiful and you feel accomplishment. And the next day you're like, oh, what am I going to do with the two hour? I miss like building for two hours and yeah, getting you to the next you. stage and whatever. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit. So I felt a little bit like, Oh, this, this is so great. And then I was also like, Oh, I can't, I don't, I don't need to work on this anymore for a while. And I really like this work. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, uh, maybe you can help me with mine. That'd be great. If you really want to get back into it. Absolutely. I would, I would love to, when you, when you do, you know, as you're doing right now, right. The first step is this giant barf of throwing everything out onto paper. And then after that, like the hard work is whittling it down and trying to get concise. And that's, that's when it's good to like have other eyes and opinions and things like that on it to like help weed through all of what's there. Cause especially as business owners and marketers, like 
I just say all the time, like we just used way too many words. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, <laughs> well I'm glad to have a friend like you to, to walk me through some of this stuff. All right. Well, be careful what you wish for. You might be like, hey, stop it. <laughs> that's right you're like hey Dan, can i come over <laughs> yeah. can i come over i just want to look at these i'm gonna be on the first flight to edmonton so that's right yeah. oh all right well great catching up darren great topic i'm glad you suggested this and yeah i'm excited to uh see in one of the next episodes uh we'll have to talk a little bit on on what you came up with and and see what the how it's been received by the team and your your process for putting it together i think that'll be interesting to recap after you come out the other side on it. Totally. Yeah. We can definitely talk about that on another episode. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, take care my friend. And, uh, hopefully we'll uh, hit record again, uh, in a, in two or three weeks and find something new to, to wax philosophical about. I'm sure we will. All right. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, feel free to drop us a review in iTunes If you love anything we've had to say today, please share socially. Put that link to the sasventure.com in this episode out on Facebook or Snapchat. I don't know if you can place links on Snapchat. (laughs) Snapchat. LinkedIn. Make a TikTok about the SaaS venture, but just just tell a friend. Share share the news about us. And uh, we love to build our audience and talk to more people. So, all right. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk again soon. Bye, everybody.